Hey there, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and welcome to the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. I'm Chris Pugh. Got my friends Paul Ganchek and Joe Frost with me tonight. How are you guys doing? Oh, doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, do- I'm doing better than my hopes and dreams for this season. Hey, hey. <laughs> We had a long talk with Paul. We had to talk Paul off the ledge. Hey, last two weeks have been kind of rough. It really didn't work. He's still out there. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers go out to Paul tonight. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's it's been a rough last two weeks. We got faith. We got confidence. We got 14 more games to go. did we, we just, did we just get spoiled by last season when we won 11 games in a row, even if they looked ugly? Did we just get spoiled by that? We could do ugly games and still win? Well, I, I think the first game of the season happened, and everything was all true. exciting. And then the last two games happened. It was tough. but They also happened, yes. Let's try to be optimistic. I mean, the Steelers have had tough starts to some years in the past where yes. – Absolutely. They get blown out at the beginning, and then they get a little bit hot. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I think that a little bit of adversity does the Steelers well at the beginning of a season, like having right. to having to recover from an injury or trying to put something together. They they find a way. I'm I'm never lose complete faith in Tomlin. That guy finds ways to win games. It's well, just it's good early. for us to it's good for us to lay eggs against these bad teams, so that when our schedule gets Last harder, game. we'll do even better. We're going to get into that. We got power five things to talk about with Green Bay. Like we can't, right. we can't spend all of our time on this. All right. And, and like I said, you know, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers power half hour. Again, we're here on behind the steel curtain.com and we've got to unify Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I know we've done this the last two weeks. Our unification really hasn't helped. It, it, it may have hurt. We don't know, but Hey, we're, we're coming back. We're trying Listen, it again. It, it hasn't helped the team on the field, but I feel like it has helped us as fans yes. find the proper way to hate the opposing cities. It, like it's you, not even just the game. It's, it's also the game, but we have to hate the other city. And that's what we're doing here. Spreading the hate. Right. And, and this weekend, <laughs> Pittsburgh goes up to green Bay and let's, let's share our hate of the, the city of green Bay, Wisconsin and the green Bay Packers. And I said this before, this is not an easy city to hate. There are right. things to like about them, but that's not what this show is about. We're not right. talking about those things here. We need to fuel your hate so that you can go into this as a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and be able to root against that other city and you know properly have a list of things that you can dislike about them. And here are our top five things. Right, and let's start out with one Vince Lombardi. Now, if you sit there and you just read the football history books, you say, oh, it's the Vince Lombardi Super Bowl trophy. Oh, there's a play. Joe was telling us that they're doing a play about the life of Vince Lombardi. And yes. Wow. Uh, there was what? You know, some of the Pro Football Hall of Fame videos, like the NFL film videos, where Vince Lombardi would – go on the sideline and, you know, hey, what's going on out there and stuff like that. And Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You sit there and you're like, wow, what a guy is that Vince Lombardi. And, yes, he had a good winning percentage with the Packers. Sure. Yes, he won the first two Super Bowls. 
I understand Other Vince Lombardi. <laughs> right. I understand Vince I'm, Lombardi. I'm, I'm loving this lead up. You go. You go. Right. But look, last three years here in Pittsburgh, Chet Roll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin, Vince Lombardi won two Super Bowls. Chet Roll won four. And, you know, Cowher and Tomlin each won one Super Bowl apiece. Now, granted, Vince Lombardi retired before you could take part in more Super Bowls. But we're making Vince Lombardi out to be this mythical, wonderful, coach-like figure who deserves all our praise and credit. And, yeah, he won some games. But what else did he bring to the NFL? I, I don't understand. Do you guys have any ideas? Well, he had that vibe of being an old man in your neighborhood who's shoveling snow off of his walk. Like, there's that vibe. Not many other coaches had that kind of vibe with the hat and that coat that had the little collar, the lining on the collar and whatever. He really did look like basically anybody who was in the stands. Okay. Uh, well, so there's that. I don't know course. if that's a good thing that he brought, but it, it is a thing. Well, I, I live here in Columbus, Ohio. We all have ties here to Ohio. I My next door neighbor is Ron. Real nice oh, older yeah. man who's a friendly guy. Mm-hmm. I like Ron. Yeah, Love Ron's the introduce our, our fans here to Ron. Mm-hmm. But Ron cannot coach an NFL team. Vince Labardi is my neighbor, Ron. I mean, come on. Okay. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, but <laughs> that's what not inno- a sentence I was expecting to hear tonight. <laughs> right. But what innovations did he bring to the game? You know what I mean? I think Ron's I mean, actually yeah. Elvis. Yes, but I mean, what innovations did Vince Lombardi bring to the game? And yeah, I know we have our tongue a little bit playing in cheek, but we're not hearing of like Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin mentioned the same breath as Vince Lombardi. And I look at it saying, okay, Vince Lombardi was a successful coach. If you look at his wins and losses, mm-hmm. what else has he done? I mean, he, he didn't bring like this innovations in passing he didn't like, you know, lead this new blitzing style that scared people. He just won games, which is great. I know not all NFL coaches win games, but let's not make him out to be the greatest coach ever in the history of the planet. I mean, he was all right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a little tough. He he did have like the trophy for the Super Bowl named after him. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he has a, an NFL stadium named after him. Uh, you know, and, and not like that other great coach MetLife. Um, okay. Yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a challenge because this guy is pretty well upheld as one of the greatest of all time. But he also was a weird little dude who wore that hat. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and personally, I'm not a big fan of his play. He yeah, didn't write I mean, it. It's not really his fault. But uh, <laughs> Bit, and I'm sure that there are good productions of it around somewhere, but I'm not a big fan of the play. Our fair, this, this was an era of football where it was legal to like punch out the referee, have someone slide in a steel chair, knock oh, out the, the other team's days, quarterback. Right? <laughs> right. Oh, the good old days. Yeah, I'm trying to podcast producer Brian uh, Davis. Uh, uh, hey, Brian. Weird little guy, you know, for Vince Lombardi. That, that's a pull-out quote that we, we should share with everybody on how we feel about Vince Lombardi. <laughs> All right, so that, that's one of them. And, and, you know, hey, check one four of these Super Bowls. Let's take off Vince Lombardi, the Chuck Noll Super Bowl trophy. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm for you that. Win the, you yeah, win he won four. Vince won two. 
I'm putting yeah. in all this effort because I'm going to win the Knoll. Yeah, <laughs> and that's. I mean, hey, you won Ooh, four. They, they, they should put some cups kind of, of grass one. on the trophy so it could be the grassy knoll. Oh no! <laughs> yes, no. I do not need a trophy called the grassy knoll. No, all right, all right. That's not good. All right, well, let's go to number four. Um, you know, it's 2021, so they're not doing this anymore. But the Packers were known or, for it or right the, now. They may still go back to it. Right, I, the Packers are known for. Um, you know, they would ride kids' bikes to practice. And we were trying to figure out exactly, are they buying bikes for these kids so they're riding the bike and they're, are they giving the kid? Are these kids bringing their bikes so the players can, you know, ride them? We're not sure exactly what to do. They're buying their own bikes. I prefer to imagine that the entire Green Bay Packers football locker room has gone to a local school and taken some bolt cutters and they have <laughs> thieved all of these children's bicycles and they are riding them to practice and in my kid- imagination they have met up at practice okay. gone and stolen the bicycles and coming back to practice which makes the entire thing like this really ridiculous like Sisyphusian labor where they're just going to push the rock up the hill and it's going to come back down. Right. So these kids are kind of like running after the players. Like yes. we oh, see yeah. these pose pictures of them smiling like, oh and when they and when they come back, the teacher said, Where you were you? Oh, the Green Bay Packers stole my bike. Which is another <laughs> pull quote, I think. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, exactly. The Green Bay Packers stole my bike. <laughs> No teacher's gonna buy that. I'm not gonna lie. No well, teacher's gonna be like, yo, yeah, you know, I know they do that. They're, they're it, not gonna say that. They're gonna be like, that's it not possible, this, Timmy. It sets up this negative stereotype because we're trying to portray these football players as bullies for stealing the bikes and everything. Mm-hmm. So now these kids have messed up attitudes for what football players are that probably go into high school and everything. And it's set up by the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I, I don't understand on, what's Packers happening here i mean and you well, know it's one of those things his huffy is like bent in the middle because a 300 pound lineman sat on it and the seat yeah is scratching it's his like now bent it <laughs> it looks like a chopper now because it's it's all mangled the wheels are sort of oblong they're kind of like egg shaped now so That's if i'm great. if you i'm taking my the... bike to practice i want to kick her yeah i'm going to the kicker saying yes. okay ride well, my bike you know don't let the Big yeah. offensive tackle do that. No, no. It, it, it Get away from like, my bike. <laughs> it sounds like one of those things where, hey, if you do it once with your kids, it's fun. Like if your kid says, Dad, ride my bike, you do it once, it's a nice little moment. But when you do that over and over again, it's kind of strange. It, it's like if you have like a, you know, a pie fight with your kids. Maybe one time it's cute and you take pictures and it's a nice moment. But if you're doing that every year or every a couple times a year, or it you, sounds you like they're doing do it once a year. Oh my well, gosh. Or, or if they're doing it like during every practice, it gets old. It gets a little weird. It gets a little creepy and everything. Oh, we're doing this again. Adult and you go to your kid's school and it's those old fashioned desks and you stand up and the desk yeah. is like stuck on you. Like the the players get off these Ooh. bikes and they just have like a bicycle wedgie and just yeah can't quite like shake what it. happens what happens to the bicycle seats like they've <laughs> and, they've now been firmly implanted into some of these 
some of these gentlemen and I, do, what do you do with a bike, a child's bicycle that a, that a, that a football player has now played. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta replace most of the parts of this thing now. <laughs> and this is their tradition. This is what they're known for. Then this is their renegade. That, you're into you that, I mean? like that philosophical argument where if you replace all of the parts of the boat, is it and and now none of the original pieces there? Is it the same boat? Is this the yeah. same bike now that you've replaced the seat and the wheels <clears throat> and the and the pedals and the handlebars? Is it now the same kid's bike or is it a completely different bike? And this is what gets the fans charged up. Yes, I mean, I, I mean I'm that like, passes for amusement in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, is this the pump you up videos we're watching? Yeah. If we're it's Packers their version fans? of Renegade. Yeah. So if they need a big stop, they they turn all the lights out and they have this video of players riding the kids' bikes. The kids are like, no, give me my bike back. I mean, come on, Green Bay. I, it's very dislikable. I mean, as long as they haven't stolen the bikes from like kids who are in a hospital or something, and that's rough. This is the city with tradition. This is the NFL. Icon the beacon. We're like, what's going on here? Uh, before we get to our break, let's start with our, our third thing. I really don't know if Green Bay has a true identity. And you're like, ah, aren't they known as where the Packers are at? Well, if you think about it, up until 10, 20 years ago, Green Bay played games in different parts of Wisconsin, kind of a marketing effort to make them more known. Uh, remember the old Brewers Stadium, Milwaukee County Stadium. They would play games there. I mean, not all the games were played in Lambeau Field. The city is known as the toilet paper capital of the world. Now, hey, we're living in a time where toilet paper is good. It's important. I'm not it's saying rare. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> saying toilet paper is a bad thing. But if you're known as the toilet paper capital of the world, I mean, I, I don't want that to be the best thing I'm known for. I'm interested to know exactly how they, what metric they were using to measure to say that this place ha- is, is it more toilet paper or is it, how is it the capital? I don't are understand. they, are they making more or using more? Mm-hmm. I think, I think they're making there more. You go. Some they're of those companies. Okay. Yeah. And some of those companies are based in Green Bay and that's fine. Hey, I'm all for jobs. I'm all for keeping people employed and everything I'm else. Toilet paper. Right. But if you're known I, as I the toilet like paper to capital. I know that I am pro toilet paper. Well, yeah, I'm pro toilet paper. I know too. it's controversial in this day and age to be so pro toilet paper, which is my third poll quote for the night. But but I'm looking at it and saying, if that's what you're known for, like if I came over to your house tonight and I said, Joe, mm-hmm. what's your most prized possession? You don't pull out the family photo album, no. you don't pull out your big screen TV, absolutely you pull not. out the toilet paper. You're like, this is me, do. this is the what I'm known pack. for. And yeah. the, the twenty-four pack, the 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 two ply, <clears throat> the uh, the quilted, yeah, absolutely. I, that is well, my I, pride and joy. The Charmin I bears, the, are, the Charmin mm-hmm. bears would love that going to your house if your toilet paper was your prized possession. But do not squeeze. They're all the about Charmin. the toilet paper. Do no. not squeeze it. Absolutely no. not. If we and, own anything, and so if you're known as do not squeeze the Packers. World, yeah, are you talking about the Packers? And, and I am talking about the Packers. Do not yeah, squeeze the Packers. Yeah, it's just so it's so strange. I mean, Green Bay do better. Be I, known I, for do, more. I do think they should at least at some point 
entertain the possibility of expanding from just green. You know, okay. it is not it's not easy being green, and I understand that. Maybe they should take it easy yeah. on themselves and be yellow or purple or some other co- color like that. Green and yellow are not a good color combo. Yeah, it's rough too. Mm. I mean, are you really wanting to wear green? It and is, yellow especially gear? when you're when you're pulling out from the the image of the cheese, and then you add the green. Oh, That's yeah. moldy cheese. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if anybody else has caught on to that, but your <laughs> color scheme is moldy cheese. And on that note, let's take a break. This is BehindTheSilkCurtain.com. The Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. Uh, we'll be back uh, shortly. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, Pittsburgh Sewer fans, welcome back to the Behind the Steel Curtain Power Half Hour. I'm brought Chris to you Pugh. by Moldy Cheese. Yes. <laughs> Chris Pugh, as you heard, Paul Yanchek, Joe Frost. Yeah, and man. Again, it's not an easy night to be a Sewer fan. Last two weeks have been tough. But again, we got pulled together by viciously making fun of the city and the team that the Sewers play next. Absolutely. So Green Bay is on their sites, and we, we made some strong comments. Vince Lombardi, what has he done over the one football games? What has he brought to the NFL? What has he brought to our planet? And I because mean, of the way he dresses, <clears throat> I assume what he brought is like a bunt cake. Yeah. That's what he might have brought. <laughs> and and his wife made it, guarantee. He had nothing to do with the making of that bunt cake, but he is delivering it like a good husband. He got by on his name alone, not in really what he did, and shame on him. I mean, I, I'm kind of mad at Vince Lombardi. I, I, you know, he's like, hey, I'm Vince Lombardi. Well, what have you done? Come on, help me make my bun cake. You know, it's just like, come on, you know, Vince, what's going on? Uh, we also talked about this riding bikes. Hey, you know, I'm not against bikes. I'm not against kids. But we go that well over and over and over again. And our, but I'm against adults riding bike kids' bikes. Right. And not, are, against bikes, are they, not against kids. Are they adults taking the bikes? Are the kids, kids giving bikes. the bikes to the players? I don't have enough information about that. That makes even, me uncomfortable. Okay, but even if the kids are <laughs> willingly giving the bikes to the players, these players are huge players. They're wrecking yeah. those bikes. Yeah, they're you. wrecking the bikes. Not everybody's a short guy. There is a, a there's warnings on those bikes. There is a weight limit. Right. <laughs> I was a husky child. I'm just telling you. There and, was a weight limit on some of those bikes. And then we were talking usually about two fifty. <laughs> definitely. And, and we were talking about the identity of Green Bay. And yeah, you go on the city crest, you see the Green Bay Packard logo. 
I know. I mean, the stadium is about as big as the whole city of Green Bay. There's not a lot of people in Green Bay. Well, we get all that. But what's the identity? I mean, for as big as Green Bay was associated with the Packers, the Packers haven't always played their games at Lambeau Field. They tried different places to market the team and everything. The city is known as the toilet paper capital of the world. Yeah, the city should just say, hey, we're the home of the Green Bay Packers. But they don't even want to claim the Packers. They're claiming toilet paper. So that's like, again, if I go to Joe's house or Paul's house and they bring out the toilet paper and say, hey, this is our prized possession. They're not even claiming the Packers. So, you know, shame on Green Bay. The options were toilet paper or the Packers. They chose snow. snow. Home of (laughs) snow. Yes. (laughs) It's so tough. I don't know if you can claim snow. Come on. (laughs) We we haven't even talked about cheese. Green Bay. I mean, I hardly ever green there. I'm a big guy. I don't mind cheese, but again, if that's your calling card, come on. So bring out the cheese and the toilet paper. Bring out the cheese. Well, if you eat enough of the cheese, you're not going to use a lot of that toilet paper. That is also true. That's That's why they're the toilet paper capital. They still have a lot of it. All right. Well, speaking of number two, let's go to our our number two reason why we dislike Green Bay and the Packers. Hey. Number two jokes. We, we have to have at least one per show, Steelers fans. So we made it. We, we had a quota. Um, hey, uh, this fall or, or this summer, ESPN, I mean, you couldn't turn ESPN on without hearing Aaron Rodgers stories. Aaron Rodgers is feuding with management. And, you know, hey, Steelers have had trouble with some players in the past. But I think the Steelers have learned a lesson. They paid T.J. Watt the contract. Um, yeah, TJ was in the news, but Pittsburgh got done. TJ Watts in, in the fold, everything's good. But Aaron Rodgers, man, this still isn't over. Aaron Rodgers feuding with management. Uh, they got killed in the first week of the year against the Saints. A lot of infighting, feuding, and everything. And, and hey, I blame the ownership. They're not player friendly. You got to pay that guy. Um, you look at Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre probably should have retired as a Packer. They didn't treat him right. So Brett Favre was exiled to play for the Jets and the Vikings. They didn't really let him end his career rate. And, you know, you can make the argument saying, hey, they drafted Aaron Rodgers maybe before Brett Favre was truly done. Well, did they learn the lesson? Now Aaron Rodgers is the age that Brett Favre was. And they didn't even tell Aaron Rodgers that they were drafting Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers got rightfully ticked off, and nobody knows what's happening. And, you know, it was interesting. Um, you know, Rodgers was on a national podcast this week sharing his love for Pittsburgh. And who knows what is happening with that whole thing. But I take it as, hey, maybe we got a franchise quarterback coming to us next year. You, you know, so it's like Green Bay, take care of your talent. If you're a big Green Bay Packers fan, you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers fishing his career with the Jets or the Steelers or anything. Take care of your players. Talk to your players. If you're drafting Jordan Love in the first round, you don't have to get Aaron Rodgers' approval, but at least share it with him. Green Bay ownership, you stink. What do you guys think about that? Well, it's a pattern for Green Bay Packers front office to, to do this. I mean, it's kind of funny to imagine that Aaron Rodgers would be taken aback 
by the front office is not communicating with me effectively and trying to push out an older, like he was the guy who got <laughs> subbed in for Favre. How do you not go through that experience and not understand that this is the mindset that this team is going to have? So yeah, the ownership and the, the leadership of the Packers uh, has always operated this way. Uh, I we're we're Pittsburgh Steelers fans. We understand the the difficulties of small market uh, major league sports, but come on, uh, when we've got a a franchise quarterback that has a long storied history with a team, we know how to treat that guy reasonably and communicate with them to say, hey, if this is over, this this needs to be over for our team to be able to move on. Um, the Steelers did not do that this year. Uh, and I know that around the league, a lot of people are thinking that was a giant, huge, uh, <coughs> colossal failure. Uh, you know, I'm just reading the headlines from everybody <laughs> who has a sports pen who wants to write about the Steelers and their choice to keep Roethlisberger this year. Um, but there's still an honor in the way that they've treated Roethlisberger, who returned the favor by restructuring contract to make room for us to be able to pay people like TJ Watt. So there's a right way of doing it. And there's a way that's such cold business that I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the way that the, the management operates there. And Paul, we're all Ohio guys. I mean, that's where we come from. That's where we're born, bred and all this other good stuff. But you know, I'll be honest with you. One of the main reasons why I hate the Browns and I hate the Bengals is they know how to treat their fans or their coaches or their players. I mean, geez, the Browns moved their team. They let Paul Brown go. I mean, you know, one of the more iconic coaches of history, he's gone. So, <clears throat> you know, Paul Brown takes a ship down to Cincinnati. And, you know, I don't think it was necessarily Paul Brown's fault, but his family doesn't know how to run a team. And that's why the Bengals are the Bengals for many, many years. So here in Ohio, where we're from, where we're based, we understand what bad decisions mean. And you know, had the wisdom to start rooting for different teams. <laughs> that's why we're based in Ohio, but we love our Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know, I see Green Bay falling down the same line. Yeah, I um, as I think about this, I just think uh, Mason Rudolph, Jordan Love, and Prince Charles need to start a support group of guys who are going to be heir apparent and take the throne like the day before their deathbed. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. All right, Not let's go to. Our, <laughs> well, let's go to our last one. Um, and, you know, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound ridiculous, but the more I think about it, it it's true. You, you know, I'm thinking. I, I, my voice is kind of scratchy tonight, so I can't do my John Facenda NFL films impersonation. But you know, he talks about what the autumn wind is a woolly blanket or something you know, like the autumn wind twirls around you like a summer shade or whatever i i don't know you know uh and he, he talks nostalgically about lambeau field what a great place what a wonderful place that so many things happen and i know brett Favre threw a couple touchdowns there and rogers had some success there. couple i i, I get that <laughs> but people throw touchdowns in every nfl stadium in the league it's true. I'm trying to figure out what makes Lambeau Field different. 
The only thing I can think of is in 1967, there was a little bit of a chilly game played there for the NFL title between the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it was a chilly game. The only video I think they ever took at the game, because I, I've never seen any other video from this game, was of the, um, you know, the quarterback sneak where Bart Starr snuck it over, got the touchdown to give the Packers the NFL title. But we're calling this like the best play in NFL history. We're talking nostalgically about the game. That I think we had one play on video. Maybe that's all they took video of from the whole game. That's the only thing I could tell you that Lambeau Field had a somewhat memorable game. I mean, yeah, other stuff happened there. I understand the Packers went to some Super Bowls there. I, I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, what makes that different than any other field? I mean, we're sitting here like, wow, the Packers are such an iconic team. And it's a small city that embraces toilet paper over the Green Bay Packers. You know, so do they, I. I embrace toilet paper as well. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all riding two small bikes to practice. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, something's missing here. We're embracing Vince Lombardi as a grand poobah of all coaches. But he's just a weird little guy that won two less Super Bowls than Chuck Knoll. I, I mean, what makes Green Bay? I don't even know if they're the best historical team in their own division, let alone the NFL. I mean, it's his house of cards. I mean, yeah, it's a good story, and we can talk about how wonderful it is. But Lambeau Field had one memorable game there, if that. I, and honestly, I remember the time where Michael Vick came in and destroyed the Packers in a playoff game as much as the Ice Bowl. So help me out. Why is Lambeau Field good, or is it way overrated? That's why. Well, it's definitely it. the only place in the league where somebody can jump into the stands, right? Yeah, well, let's talk they about leap that. Right in. There's a Lambeau leap, right? No other stadium has any part of the stadium where a player could come in contact with the. Uh, the fans, right? Right. Which is a great idea right? because you take your, your multi-million dollar wide receiver and have him fling himself into the arms of a drunk man. I mean, what could, I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? Nothing, nothing, the it's nothing. Time... It's only natural to do these things much <laughs> like, uh, what's his name? Was it Mark Rippon who, uh, who decided to headbutt the wall in, uh, in, uh, uh, uh Washington. Yeah, Washington, uh, formerly um, Brad Johnson, their football team there. Uh, Yeah, he got real excited after scoring a touchdown. And instead of being able to leap for the Washington football team stadium, did not accommodate leaping. uh, He, in in his enthusiasm, slammed his head against the wall and had a concussion and ended his career. (laughs) Well, so that's what would happen if you couldn't leap into the Lambeau Field stands. Well, and let's be honest. I saw it the first time. I think it was like a pick six. It was kind of a cool play. They pitched it back. And I think it was maybe Leroy Butler, one of the secondary guys, got the lateral roll in the interception. He ran in for a touchdown. And he jumped in the stands. That's where Lambo Leap started. And the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. And then each passing time, I'm like, ah, that's kind of old. <laughs> that's kind of rough. And I started to mock and make fun of it when a poke, Opposing players would jump in the stands and, and people would start punching them and everything. And, you know, I liked when Randy Moon, Randy Moon, Randy Moss pretended to moon the crowd. 
after scoring a touchdown against the Packers in a playoff game. So it's more of just mocking it. And Paul's right. If you're a Packer receiver or if you're a receiver of the opposing team, you don't want your high-priced receiver or linebacker or whatever football player it is jumping in the stands. I mean, it's one of those things. It's cute when it happens once. It's like the first time my kid threw spaghetti sauce on the wall, I'm like, hi, kids being kids. That's nice. And about the fifth time she did that, I pulled all my hair out, which, as you can see, I don't have any more hair left. I pulled all the hair out and said, this stinks. That's how I feel about the Lambeau Leap. Well, just for Lambeau Field, I will say it's not the worst stadium in the NFL because there's been no reports of creepy crawlies in the ketchup. So they, they've got that. This is yeah. true. Yes. No, yeah. Not like New York. Yeah, it, That is the Giants. Yeah, yeah, the Giants had a report of uh, some maggots found in the ketchup. So I understand that. I'm not saying Lambeau Field is the worst stadium in the world, but what I'm saying is we, we hold all these things to the mythical proportions, like Lambeau Field. Like You'll see Lambeau Field in heaven. That's going to be heaven's football stadium where we watch all the games, and it'll be wonderful and great. It's like, what? Come on out of here. All right, so I've got so – that's our five things why we dislike Green Bay, dislike the Packers. Let me throw this out to you. Um, the great Brian Anthony Davis says, hey, guys, finish up by sharing why you think the Steelers are going to beat the Packers. And I had to struggle a little bit here. I'm, I'm trying to think of what's the best thing that's going to happen. So here's why I think the Steelers are going to beat the Packers. Bear with me. First half's going to happen, and it's going to be the same thing as the last two weeks. <laughs> Green Bay's up 21 nothing. Steelers offense struggling. They run off the field. Green Bay fans are going static. You know, Steelers fans, we're all pulling our hair out. This is going to be rough. But it's like Hulk Hogan. I'm not a big wrestling fan, but Hulk Hogan joined the New World Order, and it was spooky. You know, he came out of the locker room wearing New World Order stuff. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, you know, the announcer's freaking out, like, I can't believe he's doing this. This is crazy. Well, what's going to happen is, Halftime of Sunday's game is going to go extra long time. So Jim Nance, Tony Romer is going to be like, hey, why aren't they coming out of the field? They're going to come out, and there'll be this announcement. Matt Canada has been fired. Ben Roethlisberger has retired. And the Steelers have pulled off a mid-game trade to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And suddenly, Aaron Rodgers is going to come out of the locker room in true Hulk Hogan NWO style in a Pittsburgh Steeler uniform. The announcer's going to go crazy. You know, Tony Romo's going to be, ooh, you know, as he does and everything. And Aaron Rodgers will lead the Steelers to win the second half. That's how I think the Steelers will beat the Packers. Are you guys with me? You think that'll happen? I'm absolutely not with you. <laughs> That's absurd. Uh... Yeah, well, no, that's not okay. <laughs> my prediction is based on reality. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because, well, do you guys have any other ideas uh, of, of why the Steelers yes. are going to beat the Packers on Sunday? Yes. It, when it comes time to take the field, instead of our normal offensive linemen, you're going to see five mythical Sasquatches come out and serve as our offensive line. What? And then a magical unicorn is going to catch the ball and score our touchdowns. I have, a, okay. I have follow-up questions regarding the unicorn as wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> is it catching it with the hooves, or is it spearing it with the horn? Whichever the mood strikes. 
Really? A little of both. Mix it up. So it's like ambidextrous in that way. Like it can yes. catch with the hooves. He's that good. I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see the unicorn game. That's all, right. all we're talking about. <laughs> Joe, any ideas how Steelers are going to be to Packers Sunday? Uh, well, yes. Okay. So I think there are, and mine is the most realistic of, of our, of our things. Cause I think it could actually happen. One, our defense is going to keep us in the game. Uh, I, even though we're still going to be uh, short, a couple of people um, there's been some time and I, I am, a, I have faith in the coaching staff of the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to come up with plans and working with the guys that they have. Um, so I think the defense is still going to keep us in this game. It may not look great in the first half. I'm not saying that it won't be rough and everyone's going to want to pull their hair out and uh, say, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. But um, I do think that the two weapons that can be utilized that uh, aren't being utilized enough yet are Fryermuth and Najee Harris in the passing game. Those are the ways that the Steelers can uh, be, figure out how to move the ball a little bit different instead of just trying to run the ball, which is not working because the O-line is not creating enough space for Najee Harris, uh, but we're not utilizing uh, Fryermuth enough in the passing game. Every time he gets the ball, something really good happens. So I think that needs to ramp up. I think realistically it could be a winnable game for Pittsburgh. I think if they followed the same path as they did against Buffalo, where, yeah, the offense was rough against Buffalo. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't have to throw it a million times. You, you can't be throwing the ball 58 times if you're Big Ben. Uh, and it's not if he's struggling like he's doing now. You don't throw it 58 times in one NFL games. Secondly, so don't turn the ball over, and then defense play great. And, you know, it looks like uh, T.J. Watt's back. Let's see what difference T.J. Watt can make on a game. Hopefully, Highsmith is back. Hopefully, Ingram can play. If they get back to how they're playing against Buffalo, they don't turn the ball over. They, they could win the game. I, I don't see it likely, but I think it's possible where it's it's more possible than, you know, unicorns or Aaron hey. Rodgers tra- train teams at, at halftime. But All right. they are going to win because Pittsburgh is better than Green Bay, period. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when we, uh, when we talk about the cities, of course. All right, well, that's been the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. A little longer than the half hour, but hey, a lot to talk about in this game and Green Bay and the Packers. Let us know what you think in the comments. Hey, we're trying to do a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. Lots of great content here on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We try to end your week with a, hopefully a little bit of a laugh or a, uh, a wrinkled, worried face, however you respond to this podcast. <laughs> but we're trying to have a little bit of fun with you guys. Let us know what you think. Uh, we got another city to tackle next week. So tune next week for our next version of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's uh, Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour. For me, Chris Pugh, um, Paul Yanchek, and Joe Frost, have a wonderful night, everybody.